So the following morning in Granada, woken up at a cracking beer at 10 o'clock in the morning because why not? It's roasting hot. There's quite a bit to see and do. It's a case of happy days. We then booked in to a different hostel uh, just down the road, which was a bit cheaper and had, a, I think, a twin room. Turned out we're the only people in the hostel anyway, which made it quite a cool experience as well. We got used to a couple of things whilst in Nicaragua. Number one was power cuts. They were quite common. You'd be in the middle of a bar or in the middle of doing something. You know, the power goes out, then backup generators have to kick in. So that was quite interesting to be a part of. But Granada itself is, is a wonderful place. Uh, at this point, as we said before, when, when you're in Latin America, you, you kind of know what you're going to get uh, from uh, an architectural point of view. You're going to get your main plaza, you're going to get your grid layout, you're going to get your churches, you're going to get your, you know, what I call your Spanish-style colonial buildings. Most places look the same, with all due respect. Granada and a few others do stand out. Um, there's a place, a wonderful place in uh, Guatemala that stands out that we'll get to in a later episode. But for Nicaragua itself, for Granada itself, absolutely delightful place to go. Nice place to spend a couple of days. Despite the fact Managua is a capital, uh, historically, uh, apart from the fact Granada's witnessed loads of different battles because it's based on a lake, uh, Granada and Leon, uh, which is in the northwest of uh, uh, Nicaragua, they're pretty much the two, uh, you know, main historical places in Nicaragua itself. What made Granada so delightful or what makes Nicaragua as a country so delightful? Number one, probably my favourite country I've ever been to in my life. The people are friendly. They're incredibly courteous. They're in a very inquisitive peoples. They're delightful to hang around. They're easy to talk to. Nicaragua itself is a beautiful country, loads to see and do. You've got volcanoes, you've got rock boarding, mountain boarding, you know, you name it, you can do it there pretty much. It's relatively inexpensive as well. So that combination, that whole combination is ideal, really, for Nicaragua. It's, it just is absolutely beautiful country. I highly recommend going. You'll have a great time. It's about 30, 35 degrees most of our time in, in Granada, uh, one one morning we spent walking up and down the Malacon at the uh, bottom of the road, walking around the old churches, doing a, a little guided, you know, little guided tour, little guided walk. I visited the, the Chocolate Museum of Granada, highly recommended. Ate quite a lot of the Mercado Municipal as well. And, and just hung out in the, in the Parque Central. Good times. We also saw a, another great sunset from uh, one of the tops of the churches in Granada as well. I forget the name of the church, but there is one there where you can go up. You go up to the top and you can you know, just sit up there and watch the sunset over Granada itself. I highly recommend doing that. It's just a delightful place. It's a good place to base yourself, I think, as well, because you can get to Ometepe, which is a volcanic island in the middle of Lago Coquibolca. And you can also get to... You know, other places in Nicaragua quite easily from Granada, uh, including Leon, Man the capital Managua, Masaya, and also our next destination at San Juan del Sur. The other joyous experience of uh, especially Nicaragua and, and later Guatemala was that they use uh, old school buses as their main mode of transport. Now, these things aren't the most comfortable things in the world, I won't lie. You can cram a lot of people into them as well. 
And even by my standards, five, seven and a half, there's not a lot of legroom in them at all. They haven't seemed to remove the seats from the school kids' days. So it's it's pretty chaotic getting on a bus in Nicaragua itself. But we headed off to San Juan del Sur, a tiny little place on, on the, in the southwest of Nicaragua. We were originally meant to go there first, but because of the issues at the, at the border crossing, uh, we didn't end up going there. But we got there and we spent a few days there. A very nice, very nice beach resort. Loads to see and do. A bit of hiking to do that we've done. Uh, the beach is, is a very wonderful beach. Uh, Playa San Juan del Sur. We played a lot of paddle boarding. That's definitely not the right sport. Um, basically had like a, almost like a ping pong set. And, and the, the aim of the game was rather than a hacky sack, which we had in back in Vietnam and across the USA, in 2011, this was a case of bat and ball. Basically, can you keep hitting it to each other? How long can you keep the rally going? Can you test each other with, you know, angle shots? How good he reflexes? It, it kept us active for quite for quite a while. It was good fun. Although I don't remember what our highest rally was. We were playing that for quite a lot of time on the beach. It was a relaxing pace, but it was inexpensive. Everything was inexpensive, as we've said before. I uh, went out for a few beers, you know, one evening. Loads to... You know, loads of different bars. But we started to notice it's getting quite Americanized now, not great. But it was January and it was time for playoff football. Now, if you remember back in Santiago, uh, down in Chile, we spent one evening watching the New England Patriots get absolutely decimated by Kansas City. And as, as a Jets fan, I don't feel sorry for me. We're in the same division as New England. New England are your sort of main rivals it's one of the biggest rivalries in in the nfl american football i was loving it however you could probably guess what was going to happen anyway uh, the minute i mentioned it in santiago but in a nutshell we found a an american bar uh, on the beach and yes you know there's quite a lot of you know expats we say down in nicaragua at the time we in effect reserved the table for all the playoff games on the Saturday and the Sunday. So we'd spend all day just watching football one after another. We might get a, a bottle of rum each day, sit there, order some food, enjoy watching the football, which is exactly what we did. You've got the beach out to your left hand side, you've got big TVs, all the American sports happening, everyone talking football, you know, around you as well. Lovely times, really good, really good way to spend a couple of days. And of course, New England. Being New England, uh, the Patriots were in the playoffs and the game they played against uh, the Baltimore Ravens, hands down, a brilliant game. There were a couple of times when there were a couple of touchdowns, you know, they were about 14 points behind Baltimore. They kept coming back, they kept coming back and they ended up winning. And it was an extraordinary game. You know, we enjoyed watching it, but the, I mean, the atmosphere around the bar from even people that weren't New England fans, uh, but they were American. We kind of went on, on their you know, they, they loved it. They were loving it. And the fact that they thought it was a great game kind of means that it must have been a good game. Aaron and I both love our American football. Uh, he's a Seattle Seahawks fan. I'm a New York Jets fan. He obviously has a lot more success than the Jets do. But it was it was a good way to spend a couple of days. Now, a couple of things happened when we were in San Juan del Sur. There's a funny story uh, uh, that Aaron had with um, a Dutch person at the at the hostel. And, and it was, yeah, I'm not able to ever tell this story as, as good as he can do it. But what we do like from speaking to a lot of Dutch people is there's, like me with a lisp, there's a bit of an extra pronunciation on a few words when they're speaking English. And 
I was sleeping one afternoon and he hadn't gone for a shower and he'd come out and uh, this guy who he knew was Dutch because he'd spoken to him before and the guy said, oh, is your shower free? Something along those lines. And uh, Aaron, just without thinking about it, he said, oh, yes, go crazy. <laughs> to which the guy then repeated, oh, you speak Dutch. I wasn't there for that, but Aaron said he was in, in tears. He said he was absolutely, he was crying because um, he, he'd made a flippant remark about thinking about it. And then <laughs> the, the guy thought he was speaking Dutch or thought he was Dutch uh, for some reason. Uh, just incredible stuff. But uh, Sam Wendell, sir, uh, I'm not going to sit here and lay claim that I got malaria and, and all this sort of stuff. But something must have happened in Sam Wendell, sir, whether it was something I ate or whether I got bitten by a mosquito. But it pretty much wiped me out for the next couple of weeks. The next couple of weeks were for myself or maybe not two weeks, might have been seven days, ten days. They were not pleasant. Uh, I was in bed most of the time, uh, fever, felt like ass, probably looked like ass as well. So despite the fact I still say that Nicaragua is my favourite country that I've been to, I don't remember a lot of it because uh, it was, you know, a lot of a lot of sweat, cold sweats, etc, etc, etc. But does that mean I got malaria? I don't know. It, it might as well have been. I mean, it felt disgusting, to be perfectly honest with you. All that being said, the next week was a bit tough in terms of dragging myself around and, and doing things. But from memory, what we done from San Juan del Sur, we went back to Granada only for a quick stopover. We decided from San Juan del Sur, we didn't want to go to the capital Managua, no point. Yeah, there wasn't really a lot going on there from, from memory, um, especially when there's a few other other towns in and around Nicaragua as well. But in order to get to Lyon, uh, we had to go back to Granada on the good old chicken bus. We had to get uh, what might have been a chicken bus, but could have been a collectivo from um, basically like a minibus from Granada to Managua, change at Managua bus station and head up to uh, Lyon. We'd also met a couple of Americans uh in our time in San Juan del Sur, I know Joe was one of the guys, I forget the other guy's name, apologies to the other guy, I forget his name, but we, we hung out for about a week or so as well. Thankfully we did, because I was pretty much in bed for most of the time in Lyon. We finally got to Lyon, uh, we had a bit of a debate and an argument, again, feeling like absolute arsehole, I just wasn't in the mood, I needed to lie down, I wanted to lie down, I didn't want anything to do. Uh, so I think we we all had a bit of a, an argument as a group. Uh, ended up getting to a hostel that we booked in. I just went to bed pretty much for about three days. It was not very well at all. Um, finally, as with things, you've got to start, you've got to keep pushing yourself. You've got to keep pushing yourself. Now, I don't know, know what Joe, the other guy, and uh, Aaron ended up doing. They ended up doing whatever they were doing. Finally, did go out for a little walk as well and also went... At some point, we went uh, volcano boarding, just like sandboarding, but you do it on a volcano instead. I dragged myself up to do that. The dangerous thing about going out at that time was, and again, if you've had these things before, it's pretty much a case of, you know that without sounding too grotesque about it, you need to be very near a toilet because you sometimes just don't know what end it's going to come out of and how much force there's going to be there as well. But slowly but surely, dragged myself back out, dragged myself into doing it. So we'd all gone for a little walk around Leon, very pleasant place, I have to say. I don't remember the name of the volcano that we went up to, to do volcano boarding. 
uh, but we did go up and, and do volcano boarding and it was a great experience. It was a, a wonderful trek up to the top. It was uh, quite intimidating going down and we had a competition to see who could get down quickest. Uh, needless to say, it definitely wasn't me, despite the, uh, the weight advantage I think I had. Uh, myself and the other chap were quite late getting down because we'd gone sideways. Aaron and Joe had gone pretty much straight down to the bottom. The volcano boarding was a very good experience, to say the least. The other thing we'd done, and again, don't remember, don't remember the name of it. It could be one of many different volcanoes. But we went to take a little minibus journey up to an active volcano. Now, quite possibly, this could have been the Volcan Santa Clara. It could have been the Volcan Delica. Uh, it could have been the Volcan del Oyo or Hoyo. Uh, it could have been a number of them. I don't remember what volcano it was. But we went up to a, an active volcano. Two things to remember about the trip. Number one, the tarmac aspect of the road, so I still wasn't very well. The tarmac aspect of the road was fine. When it came on to going up and down, stoned, bobbling up and down, it felt like a nuclear attack in my bowels. Not very, very good. I think I spent more time concentrating about not shitting myself than actually paying attention to any conversation that was being taken place on, on the minibus itself. Health and safety is relatively non-existent in, in that part of the world. And, and that's a good thing to an extent. Because we got to the top of the volcano, we parked up the mini on a minibus parked up, we'd walked up to the top of the volcano. And it's now it's now nighttime. So it's pretty dark. You're not really able to see a lot. You know, everyone's got their flashlights out that we were given. So you can see all the flashlights. And then the tour guide basically said, if you want to look into an active volcano, feel free. It's you know, you're right next to it, feel free. But he said, of course, be careful. If you're gonna go and have a look at it, crawl up to it. You pretty much get on your hands and knees and crawl up to it. Do not just walk up to it. Because if you fall in, and I've said this many times, you're going to be toast. Well, pretty much you would be if you fall into a big set of lava. So he said, crawl up to it. Be very careful. Um, he said, I appreciate it's night time, but you'll be able to see it, the fact that it's active because you'll be able to see the lava. Okay, good times. Now, not everyone done it, but I, I, de I definitely did it. Crawled up, crawled up. Still thinking I might shit myself at any, at any point, by the way crawled up to the edge of this volcano and as well as hearing it because you know the sounds that a volcano makes are impressive at the best of times it just peered peered over in, into the uh peered over the edge bear in mind now it's pitch black so you know you got a couple of stars out and you know, got the moon blah 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 blah. it's pitch black just looking over into the edge and you can just see this pool of red amber orange just bubbling bubbling away ferociously Bubble, bubble, bubble. Just sat there, laid there for about 10 minutes, just admiring it. I think there was a collective, ah, when people have gone across and, and had a look in. A, that collective sound, just mesmerising, absolutely mesmerising. Even better, there was no, you know, like loads of guardrails and this and that and this and that. It was like, you know, take responsibility for it. If you're going to look into it, be responsible. If you fall in, it's your own fault. I kind of like that attitude, uh, in all fairness. But yeah, looking into this volcano was yeah, just brilliant. I would say go and check the photos out, but the photos, it's one of those things where the photos just won't do it justice. There's just no point checking it out. And again, I think it might have been the Volcan Delica. It could have been the Volcan Santa Clara. It could have been one of the other numerous volcanoes uh, you know, in and around Leon. But what an experience. 
What wasn't enjoyable was the minibus ride back, because uh, at this point I really felt like I needed a shit. And uh, yeah, lo and behold, that was dealt with. The minute I got back into the hostel, I would say you've never seen me move so fast. The pelican in the Galapagos definitely takes precedent. I've definitely never moved so fast, but this has got to be a close second in terms of my movement and my speed. And, and that was lay on. Uh, we ended up that evening uh, having a walk around. There's a, a local place doing some good barbecue. So we ended up having a bit of that. I was starting to get my energy back slowly, but surely uh, the other guys were, of course, absolutely fine. And we decided from there, you know, what we would do. Aaron wanted to head over to a place called, uh, initially called uh, La Saber, uh, and an island called Udilla, uh, which is in the, it's in the Caribbean Sea. Technically, it's a part of Honduras. The reason for that is he wanted to do his uh, paddy certificate, so the, the, the diving stuff. He wanted to take some time out and and do that. So we said we would head over there. But of course, in order to head there, we had to go through Honduras. Honduras has got a very bad rep for many, many a good reason, very dangerous, etc, etc, etc. So we knew we had to get to La Saiba. To do that in a day from Lyon was pretty much impossible, especially by bus. But we knew that it was doable from a place called Esteli. Esteli being the cigar capital pretty much on Nicaragua and that's where we're going to take off on next week's episode so join us when we watch more football but we also enjoy some cracking cigars as well and I still don't learn my border lesson from last time. Hasta luego.